Today's program is brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. I'm Michael Ameko from Food Talk. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Animal Instinct here on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Celia Kutcher, also known as the Food Healer, and today's episode is going to be really, really fun. I've got Nolan Meredith in, also known as the Oyster Baron Von Clam Man of Long Island. So we're going to be talking bivalves. We're going to talk about oysters. We're going to talk about clams as animals because people don't think of them as actually being animals. They usually get kind of stuck on the fact that it's kind of a meal or a food source. So that's being said, let's get started. Nolan, thank you so much for coming into the studio today. It's good to see you. Yeah, likewise. It's uh, this is really fun. I'm really happy to be here. I'm I'm just thrilled because Nolan and I met at a party and started talking, and it was like, wow, this guy knows a lot about this stuff. So I was like, you have to come on the show. So <laughs> thanks for schlepping out on a crappy day from the Hamptons because it's really super appreciated. Oh yeah. So let's start at you know really stupid question. What are oysters? All right. Well, I mean, uh, you got oysters, clams, uh, mussels. I mean, they're bivalves. Um, they've been around since the beginning of time, and you know, really, they haven't changed much. I mean, they're, they're like the uh, the original source. You know, I mean, that's where we came from. And have they evolved a ton since? Or like ancient oysters, pretty much the same? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're pretty much the same as they were that's millions wild. and millions of years ago. And do they exist like everywhere all over the world? Yeah, yeah. They're everywhere. Warm climates, cold climates, everywhere. And how smart is the average bivalve? <laughs> uh, well, you know, they actually they do have some intelligence. Oysters, not so much. Um, they pretty much just stay where they're at, and they don't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, clams are a little more intelligent, and they'll actually you know move around or dig to protect themselves from the freezing. They'll they'll dig three feet down into the mud. Wow. In, the, in the winter. Wow. Yeah. And do they go dormant at that point, or what do they do? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, they the warmer the temperature, the more they metabolize, and then they'll breed. Mm. And then in the cold, they'll they'll protect themselves and kind of you know they'll still feed a little bit, but not like they would in the spring or summer. Okay, and so like, what does a bivalve do all day? Uh, they pump. They pump it good. <laughs> you know, I mean, as any good clam should, right? Um, they will filter water, and they filter a lot. Um, one clam, uh, one oyster is more so because they're on the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, an oyster will filter 50 gallons, one oyster, 50 gallons of water a day. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's, it's impressive. God, that's amazing. Yeah. I had no idea. And so are clams as good or are they like a little slower? Um, they're a little bit different because they're, you know, they're in the mud. So they'll actually consume some of the mud mm-hmm. uh, with the water. But they're just as, um, as beneficial. I mean, they're, they're consuming uh, mud and, and just, you know, sediment mm-hmm. and, and processing it. So, And so like... I know that clams are basically filters, or, or I mean, oysters are filters. Are clams and mussels filters too? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're all pumping, and they're all pumping sediment with mud, with water. Um, oysters are more on the surface, so they're going to filter more of the water. But mm-hmm. but filtering the sediment is just as important. I mean, to keep the bay alive. Totally. Yeah, I mean, 
without any any life in the bay, I mean, it just becomes a dead water. And that's happened all over the world. There's dead water everywhere. Nothing will grow. Wow. But to correct that, you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be clams and oysters and mussels and bivalves. I mean, that's going to be the base level to restart the ecosystem. That's amazing. And we're going to come back to that because it's definitely really, really interesting on that. Um, what's the average lifespan of a bivalve? Uh, the, yeah, I mean, if they're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mother Nature wants to kill them a thousand ways that we'll get into later on. But, um, I mean, your average little neck, if you know about clams, is little necks, top necks, cherries, chowders. Um, you know, you're... For a little neck, you're looking at three years. Really? You know, and for an edible, for a, a decent size oyster, that that's you know, two years at best. Wow. And you know they can go, fifteen years. Really? Sure. A chowder clam, you know, a really nice like those big size ones. Size of your fist chowder clam will be fifteen years old. Really? Yeah. Got it. I had no idea. And so, how old do they need to be to be sold on the market as food? Well, is it like an age or is it a size thing? Like, do they have limitations yeah, it's, on that? It's going to be a size thing. There's definitely regulation, thank God, because, you know, if you start taking seed and people want the smallest clam, they think it's sweeter or whatever, yeah. um, you know, you destroy the environment, right? So you got to give these things a chance to breed. And uh, that's why there's some regulation. And I mean, is there any truth to that, that like the smaller the clam, the sweeter it is? Not really. Okay. No. I mean... It might be easier to, to, to put in your mouth, um, <laughs> but size, you know, I guess in this case. You size know. matters. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I brought some top necks, and I think they're just as as delicate and delicious as, as little necks, you know. I mean, they're, they're a fantastic size clam. And I'm excited about that. We're going to have some guests after the break that are kind of come in, and we're going to sample some of these. Um, so let's talk about breeding real quick. I know it's complicated, but like, how do they multiply? Oh well, it's it's uh it's pretty cool. I mean, they they definitely love each other. Yeah. Um, and they they like to to be with each other and 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 spawn. I mean, the 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 more of them together at the same time, the more chances of them actually having success in mm-hmm. the, when they breed and. You know, clams and oysters will breed at different times, but generally from June till August, they're they're just uh, you know putting putting their love in the water. All right. You know? So yeah. And like, out of what are the odds of them like actually successfully? Yeah, it's breeding? it's they they can successfully breed, but it's the survival rate in nature is is very low. Everything wants to kill them um, mm-hmm. as babies. I mean, you got fish, you got bacteria i mean you got sediments you have all kinds of pollution even i mean it just it never ends everything wants to kill them so you have about a survival rate of a thousand wow out of 150 million so that's where farming and aquaculture is so important yeah i mean every step of the way we're keeping these these girls alive Mm -hmm. and you know if we don't take care of our babies like they're not going to make it you know and so, like, you – but what you guys are doing is different than, like, a, a fish farm in terms of, like, you don't have, like, this man-made pond that you are in there and doing filtration as well. Like, you're doing this in the actual ocean, right? Yeah, and, and it's really – it's more economical to be more natural. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's an oyster farm, and pe- people think of farm – I mean, and they're rightly so. I mean, farmed fish is – I don't consider fish yeah, don't unless either. it's done naturally. And they're – to feed a million oysters when they're full grown would 
just not be it, it's just retarded yeah i mean it, it doesn't make any sense yeah. i mean when they're babies and they're you know less than a quarter of an inch even then you want to be pumping natural water mm-hmm. and the and you want to do it at the right time where the temperature of the water has natural plankton in it to feed the babies mm-hmm. and if you had to do that with dried plankton forget it you're talking thousands and thousands of dollars and it just goes in and out and mm. it, you know so it's nice it's it's you know you're working with the synergistic mother nature and and timing yeah you know the, when the plankton is there when the temperature of the water is there oysters generally start feeding at 50 degrees wow and until then they're not really doing much really and plankton will start to grow thank god before then yeah yeah so there'll be food in the water and by 50 degrees the oysters wake up and they're like ah <laughs> time to eat <laughs> wow so i wanted to talk to you we talked a little bit before the show regarding the environmental impacts of clams and oysters so let's talk about that what's their story with that wow um yeah i mean well the basic filtering that they do is is pretty impressive i mean 50 gallons a day so if you look at my oyster farm i've got two million oysters growing in the water wow. and um you know it, it's you multiply two million oysters times 50 and that's that's a lot of water that's being, a lot of water. you know <laughs> i mean it, it's, it's like the whole ocean it's amazing yeah, I don't have a it's a hell of a lot of water man yeah yeah my mouth stocks don't even worry about it it's all good it's just it's but, a lot of water yeah so it, you know they're pumping they're pumping and you know clams too and and, and even muscle i mean all, any bivalve is going to be pumping that water mm-hmm. and they're going to denitrify the water they're going to take the acid out of the water they're going to bind it with calcium as calcium car- uh, carbonate mm-hmm. and that's what shells are made of so if you look at air pollution the largest scrubber of co2 in the world is the ocean is the salt water mm. and the, the carbolic acid and and it gets trapped in the water and they take the co2 out of the air and then bivalves will affix the calcium to that and you know basically take carbon carbon dioxide out of the out of the air it's pretty amazing and the less of that in the water the yeah. more can be absorbed and then the more can be trapped but if there's no oysters and clams in the water we're screwed totally <laughs> so this actually affects like the entire planet too yeah i mean you're looking at a third of the weight of, a, of an oyster or a clam in the shell is going to be carbon wow you know wow ca- uh, well calcium carbonates so then you, if you want to break it down by the molecules it's a little bit less than that right but, right yeah. So they're super, super important. Yeah, well, they deacidify the water, too. You know, they take the acid out, and that allows fish and other, um, you know, seaweed and, and sponge and, you know, more life in the water. Mm-hmm. And then also phosphates and, you know, that everything that we're putting as, as mankind grows. Right. This, you know, we sediment with all the runoff, building roads, fertilizing I mean, what we're doing to the environment just by trying to live, we're killing off the ability for it to heal itself. So we have to have these oysters. We have to have these clams to correct it. It's, you know, it's so amazing. It's something about this show where, you know, I bring in all these like specific animals and stuff. And when you find out the actual purpose, it's actually amazing. We are going to take a quick break. I'm talking to Nolan Meredith all about clams and bivalves and oysters. We'll be back in like a minute and a half. Clams are in the house. Hey, hey.
Hello out there. It's Steve Jenkins. I'm with Fairway Markets. White Leghorn, Red Wattle, Bourbon Red, Navajo Churro. Well, these aren't names you're likely to hear at a Fairway butcher counter or any other counter today, but before the rise of factory farming, you would have. And at Heritage Foods USA, you still do. Heritage Foods USA exists to promote genetic diversity, small family farms, and a fully traceable food supply. You see, we believe the best way to help a family farmer is to buy from them. And Heritage Foods is honored to represent a network of family farmers and artisanal producers whose work presents an immeasurable gift to our food system and to biodiversity. The meat we celebrate, whether it's Heritage Turkey, Japanese Steaks, Berkshire Pork, or Navajo Churro Lamb Chops is the righteous kind. From healthy animals of sound genetics that have been treated humanely and allowed to pursue their natural instincts. It's a simple fact. Animals raised according to this philosophy taste better. And as we like to say, you have to eat them to save them. Visit us at HeritageFoodsUSA.com for more information. So we are back. I am talking to Oyster Baron Von Clamman. Big, big bivalve dude out in the Hamptons. No what's one up, what's up? And I have got Patrick Martins, the founder of Heritage Foods USA and Heritage Radio in the studio, as well as Alexis McLaughlin of the main course. So welcome, guys. My animal instinct tells me this is the best <laughs> show on the network. Oh, you're so good to me, Patrick. Thank you. I I'm having a good that. time. This is fun. So, you got this guy working. I he know. must. You guys must be going out because, I mean, you had this man who's like been <laughs> shucking oysters for you for... For a long time. Ooh, I'm about to eat This one. is the first one, dude, so I haven't even tried these. So, mm. And so we have Patrick and Alexis have come in to sample mm. these babies and see what they think. Salty. Very, very good. Wow, these are amazing. Yum. It's like mother's milk. The texture is incredible. Oh, it's, uh, it's pretty tasty. I mean, uh, the, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, oysters and clams being aphrodisiacs, and uh, it's true. I did the research. Really? I, uh, I can see by the way you're standing in the studio that you uh, <laughs> it is an aphrodisiac. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if I face towards you, it might be, you know, I don't want to embarrass Just don't you. Face right? <laughs> don't face the window. Don't face the window. We've been eating oysters. <laughs> so, Nolan, tell us how you started this whole thing. Oh. The sounds you're hearing in the background is him actually shucking some clams and oysters. So, and we need to give one to Liz, our engineer, because that's. Oh mean. yeah, absolutely. All right, so I'll bring one into. All right, there you go. That would just be mean for her to listen to this and be like drooling in the corner and not get to sample this stuff. All right. Well, before we get into how I all started, I think we should, you know, just uh, finish up what uh, the, you know the aphrodisiac aspects of clams and yeah, oysters. Yeah, let's do it. They are sexual, you know, and. Um, uh, Basically, you got a lot of. Uh, here we go. That's better. I got my headphones on. I can hear myself. So they got mineralized zinc, and that has a uh, dilates your capillaries, and oh. it helps blood flow better. And the fact that it's mineralized, it's it's bioavailable. You absorb it right away. Totally. And uh, 
<laughs> you've also got enzymes that help with the absorption and amino acids that trigger the release of testosterone. Hi. And uh, in men and women, that will heighten your right? sexual desire. Bring so on it's, the oysters. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> true. There is there is no doubt about it. I mean, you eat a bunch of oysters and clams, you should be going at least once or twice. You awesome. Know? Hey. Mm-hmm. Maybe three times. Who the knows? mighty oyster. Yeah. This is good things. Uh, can I have another one? Um, well, then I won't be able to talk. I promise <laughs> no, no, you, we have, we have, a, we have a bunch. I promise. My I'll, wife is coming in like an hour, so I could use, uh, what, a dozen? <laughs> well, I hope that she does. <laughs> but um, I will promise that I'll open up all the clams and oysters I brought tonight. That's not a, no doubt. I Yay! Mean, that'll be my pleasure. Awesome. So, all right. So now you wanted to know how I got started. Yeah, tell us a story. Uh, well, I mean, I've, I guess I came back from a wild time. I mean, I was certainly tried to be professional and then said fuck it, and then <laughs> you know went and, and was a DJ in South America, and then came home and you know being a DJ on tour was not sustainable living. I mean, it was a lot of fun, <laughs> but if I didn't stop when I did, I, I don't know. We probably wouldn't be having this interview. Um, but yeah, so I came home, I needed something to do and it, uh, all my buddies I grew up with, um, are, you know, the clamors and I used to work on the boats as a deckhand and I wasn't very good at it. And when I went back on the boats, they're like, yeah, you still suck at it, <laughs> <laughs> but they're, you know, they're like, you have a big mouth and you uh, definitely f- just go sell it, man. Go sell our clams, get us a better price. And, uh, since I did that, we're like on average, like five cents more per clam awesome. since, since I started, you know, I was, I was like the new buyer that pissed off all the other buyers <laughs> they hate me now how many uh how many producers do you represent well uh in oyster bay it's an interesting thing that we have going there we have the strongest association of baymen and the baymen are the guys on the boats um it's called noba you can look it up on facebook i'm sorry i cut out did so, you say gay man n- oh, no just dude, they will kick, ba- they will kick <laughs> your ass that ain't even funny i mean <laughs> I'm sorry. They're, it sounded like gay men. These I, guys handle clams, bro. They handle clams. They, you know, I, that, They're mollusks. They work with yeah, mollusks. Yeah, well, be careful with that one, bro. <laughs> they are fierce. There is, they don't like, you know, they're fishermen. They're salty pirate fishermen. And uh, they, don't, they don't like that gay you know. I, I mean, whatever. Let's keep going forward. Yeah, Nova. Nova. Um, Nova, right. So North, uh, North Oyster Bay. Baymen Association and I'm sorry, you know, Bayman, right? Bayman, Bayman. Yeah. Bay sorry, Bay I'm yes. new. I deal with meat. I don't deal with fish. That's yeah. true. I that's mean, true. I'm sure there is another association of <laughs> gay men, and that's fine. I, you know, but uh, competition the, for the you. Baymen will they they they're cool people, you know. But, but so we're gay men too, right? Yeah, I don't know. That, I'm yeah, okay with anybody's that. Anybody's fine. So, <laughs> all right, let's. Uh, so so basically, Noba, uh, what's the story? They they are a lot of hardworking guys that that have families and and they can make a living on the, on a boat by themselves and it's a very important part of um, you know any town on Long Island really any any town that's on the water that has you know rights to to get a permit to dig on their own I mean these people send their kids to college and having clams and oysters in the water for them to do that is really is really important I mean it, it's a it's a a staple in the community. It's amazing. These guys make good money and they work their asses off to go out in the freezing weather, you know? So Um, how many sellers will they sell to? Um, mainly, mainly each boat, each guy will choose a buyer, uh, based on price, uh, based on availability. Um, 
in the summer, ice pickup. I mean, there's a lot of based different off factors. how good his weed is. You're like the weed yeah, you well, bring over. It's, on the it's, ship it's is better. no. All the guys have the, you know the, our, our town has the best clams and oysters on Long Island. I mean, we, we we're lucky that way. I don't know why. Perhaps it's you know that's like the different flavors you have in oysters and clams. It's what they eat and what's around. And uh, our town has just got some amazing products. I mean, it lasts longer than anything else. So are you finding a different flavor between the ones in Montauk and the ones in Oyster Bay? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it certainly changes from bay to bay. I wow. mean, you can have one side of the bay that gets more of the sound water and then another part of the bay that's more in the creek. Mm-hmm. And the oysters will taste different, look different even. They'll really? have different colors on them. Sure. I Do you mean, ever find pearls? Uh, I have not, but I have seen, let's say, the beginnings of a black pearl. Oh, cool! Um, but it's usually embedded in the shell, yeah, and yeah. that you know the Indians would would chop that out, and that would be worth something. Mm-hmm. Then, That's called marwar, the terroir of the sea. Marwar. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, marwar. A little purple, black pearl kind of thing, you know. Pretty. I got one once in a in an oyster bar in the city, and it was tiny. It almost broke my tooth, but I still have it. It's really cute. It's a tiny little thing. <laughs> that is amazing. I mean, so uh, it would be interesting to look at if people live longer eating so much fish. You know, because I know in places like Japan and stuff where they do eat a lot of fish and vegetables, and oh. like they have a much longer lifespan. Well, you're looking at omega threes yeah. and sixes and nines. You got your zinc, so you're fucking more. You know, it's like you're definitely working harder. You know, you got some good nutrients getting pumped into you. Whereas if you're eating crap, I mean, yeah, you know, fast food checkers. Nah, I mean, the Go best on. hangover cure I, I I know of is you know a clam. I mean, you eat a clam in the morning and <laughs> eat two or three more, and you, you know you feel it right away. The salt, you know, you get the salt in you, the taste of the ocean, and you're like. Fuck yeah, I'm ready. Uh-huh. You know, I'm ready. Yeah. Well, the ocean has a amazing uh, regenerative uh, powers. My stepfather used to uh, sniff in salt water when he was congested, and he would cry for a little bit because of the pain, but it 100% would fix it wow. 100% of the time. Yeah. Two, three times. Yeah. All the way up into the brain, but yeah, yeah it works. To the dome. You know, take, take a clam down, boat to throat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Boat to throat—that is a movement. Yeah, well, that's what we use. We—I—I I, base my business on boat to throat technology. Can you I create mean, a bring, website? Can you go buy that domain name, Liz, right now and gift it to this man for coming up with that? <laughs> yeah, well, there's Doctor Dish, but I think boat to throat sounds a little more. Yeah, I like exciting boat to throat. Now. It's it's more like, well, Doctor Dick, uh, from Dr. what you've been telling us about day, the. Uh, hey, 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 Stay on the subject. There you go. That's better. Why are we you get this man in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> go back home and get his ass <laughs> No, uh, they, they love me. I mean, I mean, like you know, I, they it, obviously do. They pick you after all these guys. Everybody's probably promising them that they can sell their stuff around, but you know, for them to entrust that, I in turn am entrusted by certain chefs, you know, or farmers, you know, to distribute their stuff. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm, it's really just based on freshness and what you're willing to do to keep it fresh. I mean. I turn over a lot of my product to other wholesalers, and that's just, you know, after four days, I'm turning it over because I want to sell my restaurants the freshest stuff there is. Yeah. And not to, not to say that four days makes a difference. Really, it doesn't. Um, on my products, because it's done by hand, and believe it or not, it makes a world of difference. Mm. You have a company in our town that um, I won't mention because of legal reasons, but they have been grandfathered in, and they use 
antiquated harvesting, you know, dredging. Mm. Their clams last five days and then they're dead. And really? They, they crack the shells. And if they, he did that, he would be living in a van. That's yeah. true. No by kidding, the right? the river. <laughs> yeah. so Eating government-issued cheese. The, the guys doing Seriously. it by hand. I mean, this is sustainable harvest. You're not destroying the environment. You're using a rake that's maybe a foot wide. Two, really? Maybe two feet wide, depending on yeah. the guy that's pulling on it. But, you know, it, it leaves a lot of the environment intact. Whereas the dredgers, you look at what's underwater... Forget it. It's dead. Really? Dead zone. There's nothing. Just mud piles. Yeah, that's an example of where grandfathering is not good. Right. Sometimes wood shelves for a cure master and hams, that's good. Yeah. But, uh, being ab- allowed to bottom trawl, that's not good. Yeah, that's no. Really scary. They, 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 you know, they suck up everything and spit out, the, you know, just shit, you know, and nothing else will grow on it. And that's where, you know, the, it, the environment doesn't have a chance to heal itself yeah. so how does the regular customer or the regular you know listener have the ability to buy what you have access to where do they have to go um well i mean like it's, there's so many distributors um that sell clams uh and you really just got to find the one that's that's keeping it fresh but i mean yeah. how would they buy literally from your company from my company, I, I would find like you. Yorkers I mean, I, I don't advertise. I don't market. I don't really need to. It's all face-to-face. And so you sell once to you, the chefs directly. Yeah, I walk in with a handful of clams, and I'm like, just, you know, get it in your mouth. And they're like, who the fuck are you? And I'm like, just <laughs> get it in your mouth, buddy, and then we'll talk. You and know? you got the whole local thing going for yeah. you, Montauk. I yeah, mean. well, the Montauk, was, is, is, it's a farm. That's, uh, but I have some local guys out there that pick oysters for me. And, you know, that's, they have great stuff, too. I mean, the wild product is, is unique in itself because it has a variety of size. And, yeah. Now, what know. about your colleagues and cohorts on the West Coast uh, dealing with, like, all of the – Japan fallout from the nuclear thing. I mean, I've heard some questions about the Pacific. Has, oh, have you heard that? Yeah. You know, I guess it all depends on what you want to believe as far as what's a safe level of. Uh, <laughs> but is it mercury or what is it? I think it's, it's like radiation. No, I think it? it's like iodine number 99 or some shit. But mm. awesome. But there's, you know, who's to say what's a safe level of something that could kill you at an unsafe level? I mean, who knows? Um, but does but the East is, Coast have stuff going on like that, too, and we just don't hear about it? Or you think it's all the same? What do you honestly feel as a fisherman? Uh, I, you know, I, I really believe that you know, radioactivity is, is pretty serious, and nobody really understands it. But you know, they, they, they say that so, certain things are safe because nobody's died yet. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as a fisherman, you want to you know, keep it fresh. I mean, the fresher it is, you, got, you, you want the love of the ocean, the taste of the ocean, and you mm-hmm. want you want that freshness. You know, you don't want people tasting some nastiness, you know? and you certainly don't want people getting sick. I mean, that that just oh my god, that could really you would have to it. eat a lot of oysters to get sick, but still, I mean, no, you could eat just one; it could yeah. kill you yeah. <laughs> if you eat the wrong oyster, especially for- if it's making this sound. <laughs> yeah, if it glows in the dark, I mean, uh, yeah, that that might not be so good. I actually spoke to someone that you used to work with, uh, Vincent Gazzara. Yeah. And so he gave me a quote about you, and I want to get this in before this show ends. Any relationship to Ben Gazzara? I have no idea. Probably. I have no idea. Um, Do you know? Uh, What? If he's related to Ben Gazzara? No, I don't. But so it's like John Voigt. Vin is like John a brother, Voigt. man. I've known him forever. Well, what he had to say about you was dedication, drive, consistency, and innocent passion. 
The only way there is to describe, truly describe Nolan James when describing his seafood business and his work style. I've worked in restaurants for 15 years in both NYC and Miami. Never have I seen such rare qualities together in one individual who deals with all aspects of the small shellfish industry. It's always been a pleasure to work with Nolan, and I see his blossoming business soaring to great heights over the next several years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, uh, uh, it's, thank you, man. I definitely appreciate it. It's, uh, it's nice, nice to hear that. I've always been told the opposite. About about me? <laughs> I've been told that the faster the food spoils, the less you can trust the distributor. But I'm about to change my philosophy on that because of Nolan. Yeah. So. Well, but no, I'm joking. But you know, they always say, "Watch out for the fish guy." Meanwhile, meat guys, you can kind of trust them. Cheese people, they improve with age. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I think it has a lot to do with just damaging the shell. You know, when you're dredging, you're you're damaging the shell and. You know, it just dies. It's been traumatized. You know, the clam is like, "Fuck you! I want to die." You know. Yeah. But you do it by hand, and you're Suicide gently. Suicide clams. You're, yeah, That's you're, a story. you're coercing That's a them. Story. That's gently, the name of a band. You're coercing them by hand. You know, you're like, "Come on, baby, let's go." So, you know? like, okay, you pull mm. your your bivalves. How long will they survive safe? Like before they'll poison you outside uh, of the sea. <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as you're keeping them good, uh, and that means. You know, anything over 40 degrees and uh, bacteria will start to grow that could kill you, right? So, you but in wanna, the right conditions, you want there's there's control. The DEC does a great job, you know, they really do regulate, and the guys definitely follow, um, follow the rules. And we didn't have any illnesses this summer that, wow. we, that we know about. Um, whereas the other company had like five. <laughs> oh God! No, but how long? I mean, if you oh, really trusted yourself, uh, I mean, your your stuff is the best and it would last the longest. So can it go eight, ten days in the right environment? Oh yeah, I mean, once it, it, off the record. One, no, well, absolutely on the record. I mean, you'll get three weeks out of any oyster or clam done wow. by hand. Holy wow. cow! What are, what yeah, are the right abs- conditions yeah. for keeping them? Uh, well, oysters you can have. Like, do they need to be dry but cold? Yeah, you can't, can't freeze them. Right? Clam, clams don't like to be on ice. Uh, water, fresh water will kill them. Um, ice on oysters will is, is good, but if they sit in water, fresh water will kill them too. So they got to be elevated. Yeah, generally speaking, ice. you want to keep clams dry and and uh, cold, right? Whereas oysters, you know, if they're loose, they'll open up and dry out. So you want to have like um, keep them in a bag tied tight, mm-hmm. and they'll stay good for you know two weeks. Yeah, and and you could eat that. They're you know I've eaten clams that are <laughs> believe it or not. I've eaten clams that are five weeks old. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> but in in the winter, it, they're more dormant, so they're not feeding. The metabolism is down. They're already stabilized. Yeah. Whereas they're like it, Harry Houdini underwater. You yeah. Know, they're like have lowered their breathing. And it, no, it's true. By the way, our pork chops, the USDA, is like more than two hours. I've had pork chops like fall behind the dishwasher two, three weeks later, still fine, dirty, <laughs> but very fine. No, I mean, you know, people are always trying to get you to be an alarmist, throw yeah. stuff out, and it yeah. creates waste, when really you should trust your nose and your mouth. Yeah. And that's I mean, the same with your stuff, right? But you should know the product, too. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't do that with, let's say, the, the company that does dredging. Right. I, would I would never not do I, that you know, with commodity company. You have to know your product, and you got to know where it's coming from, and you got to have experience with it. I mean, you know, I, yeah, it's, it's great. You know, the guys that, that, that are out there digging, they, they really know what they're doing mm-hmm. you know they've been it's a they, they learned from their elders 
how to dig, how to feel the ocean, how to gauge the tide, how to gauge the moon, and, and how to use the wind, and how to set a sail dredge, you know, or wow. or dread, wow. or you know, sorry, not sail dredge, but how to set a sail uh, to to catch the wind or the tide. That know? was so poetic. My arousal, I don't know, was that the oyster or was that the beauty <laughs> of the poetry? Yeah. I don't know. It was one of the two. But it's interesting too, because like I mean, both of you, Nolan and Patrick, it's like in order to make good food production. You have to go back to the old school methods. Yeah. Well, I mean, certain things don't need to be so complicated. And, you know, sometimes when you get things too efficient, you're putting people out of work Mm. and you're dropping the price. And, okay, you're making all the money, but everybody else is fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you've now fucked the whole quality of it. Mm. And that's just unnecessary. But they're good people doing the the new way and they're bad people doing it the old way. That's true, too. I think it is really just the quality of the merchant. And, you know, each generation has a few names, Mm -hmm. uh, family names, like a Nolan or Mm -hmm. a Harriet Martins or... Uh, a McLaughlin. We'll put it this way. You know, they carry with them legitimacy. Yeah. And they could have a bad day, but then you overlook it because they can sustain it for years. Yeah, but totally. the, the bigger the business, you know, unfortunately, the more profits you're concerned about and the less you're going to care about, you know, the quality. I mean, it's an acceptable quality or it's an acceptable harv. I mean, it, you start to cut corners. Yeah. Whereas these guys on the boats, they are doing the best that they can absolutely do. And you are getting the. You could taste the difference. Yeah. And, boat and to throat. You know, yeah, boat to throat, baby. Serious. Boat to throat. Get it Serious. in you. You know. Is there anything else you want to tell everybody? We are sadly running out of time. Um, what a website. No, I don't have any website. Frequently you know. asked questions. Uh, you could check me out on Facebook. You know, um, definitely. You know, the farm in Montauk is coming. I got the MTK Lady Killers, and uh, that is def- you know a custom oyster. You know, I use. Uh, a technology that my partner and I, uh, Eric Angstrom, we, we've we've kind of come up with together, and we're creating an oyster with a really deep cup. Cool. Lots of liqueur. Cool. And, uh, just a fantastic. A deep cup. Deep cup. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said deep cup. It's gonna be a deep cup girl. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, uh, that's an oyster. There it's you delicious. go. That so. Brian is mine. <laughs> Boat to throat, baby. Boat to throat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. It's been a pleasure. I, I really did have a good time. This was fantastic. I had so. so much fun, and it went so quick. And you are going to look on Facebook for Nolan James Meredith, also known as Oyster Baron Von Clam Man. And, I mean, if you go out to Montauk, you can probably harass enough people to find you at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I do get harassed, yeah. Trolling with Nolan. <laughs> hey, we got a new go. show. Here we go. So thank you guys for coming in. Patrick, thank you so much for stopping by. Same as Alexis. It was really really fun Nolan like I said thanks for trudging out from the Hamptons on a really crappy day Um, I will be back next week with a brand new episode and until then uh, have a great one and take care thanks for listening bye bye listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio you can email us questions anytime at info at heritage radio network.org heritage radio network is a 501c3 non-profit to donate and become a member visit our website today thanks for listening